Welcome back to another episode of the My Latin Life podcast. Since 2014, My Latin Life has been your trusted guide to traveling and living in Latin America. Today, I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Justin Mark. Justin, what's good? Hey, man? what's going on? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, sir. I mean, we've uh, we've been uh, in contact a little bit over the past couple of years, but this is actually our first time talking like face to face or live. So, you know, happy to finally get a chance to collaborate with you, man. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks for bringing me on. Yeah, and I, I know that you have spent a good amount of time in Latin America. Um, you're sure. also a very interesting entrepreneur. You're huge into self-development, all things that we treasure yeah. a lot. So I think in this episode, we're going to do our best to keep it somewhere between PG and PG-13, okay. <laughs> if, if possible. Totally cool, man. Even though uh, I, uh, part of the reason this is going to be a sick episode is because you have no filter. Uh, so stay tuned guys. This is going to be a good one, but yeah, we're going to talk a bit about entrepreneurship, um, making location independent income, uh, living in Latin America, all that type of stuff. Awesome. Well, yeah, I, I've lived in, uh, Mexico, Mexico city. I lived in a city in Mexico called Leon Guanajuato. I was living there for a few months as well. Uh, cause mm -hmm. I had a girlfriend there. So I was living with her and her family. Uh, I also spent about a month in Uruguay, Uruguay in South America in Montevideo. And then I have been to Peru, traveled Peru for a couple of weeks. Um, where else? Been to Brazil. I spent like a month in Brazil. Um, and yeah, man, I've just been, I've been all over the place, bro. Like all over Latin America. I love it. It's good times. My Spanish is, you know, Sally Valle. It's not too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, no, Latin America is a great time. And what's cool about the Spanish language skills is now you're based in Toronto. I think you're back in Toronto now, but yep, even in Toronto, it does, night. it does come in handy. Like you'll hear Spanish on the yeah, streets man. of Toronto. For sure. I think I've seen some YouTube videos where you used it in Toronto. Possibly, probably most likely. Yeah. Like anytime, you know what? Toronto has so many uh, people from Latin America here. And so when people are like, Oh, I'm from Mexico. I'm like, Whoa. I could talk to you in Spanish. And so the cool thing is, um, especially like, let's say I'm at a, car, a club or a bar or whatever, and I meet some girl and she's like speaking Spanish. Well, I can be like, de donde eres? Oh, que bueno. Oh, wow. Mucho gusto. I can like build that familiarity <laughs> right, with them right away. Um, and it's just, it's an interesting thing for sure. Latin culture in general is fucking dope. And uh, yeah, man, definitely Toronto is full of Latinas, people from Brazil, South America, you know, Central America. Like you, you got people from all walks of life here, from all over, anywhere south of the U.S. You could find people here in Toronto. Definitely, there's like a little Brazil. Um, I always randomly would meet like au pairs in Toronto from like mm -hmm. Mexico or Peru Super and stuff normal, like that, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's cool. It builds a connection, even if you're not like perfect in Spanish, just to be able to do a little bit and like, oh, like I know. Um, so just, you know, just helping to inspire people out there that, you know, these are skills that, um, will stick with you for the rest of your life, even if you don't live like forever in Latin America, but you'll continue, like, it's just such a prominent language that you'll continue using. It. I love Spanish because it is, I believe the second most spoken language that people learn. I think it's like, it's up there. It's like top five as well. Um, cause mm -hmm. like, look. If you learn fucking like Mandarin or Cantonese or some shit, like how many people can you actually communicate with? If you learn English, you can talk to pretty much everyone in the world, right? So English is a great language to learn, right? If you don't fully speak English, go practice English, right? French, it's like, yeah, like if, like I'm Canadian, it's like, sure, but like how often do I hear people speaking French? Not that often, right? So it, learning Spanish was like, to me, a no-brainer. I didn't even formally learn Spanish. I just had a Mexican girlfriend who spoke zero English when I was living in Mexico. And so I kind of just practiced with her and she kind of just taught me Spanish, right? Um, but yeah, like it's, it's an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to take sort of like a step back next. And I don't know if I want to start with like how you got started in Latin America or how you started sort of becoming an entrepreneur and making online cool. income. I feel like for most people, uh, well, it, it happens. It, it, you know, for me, I had to make the income online and then I said, okay, sick. Now I'm making money, location independent. Now I can move to cool. Latin America. Some people so do enough, it in reverse. It actually, yeah, it happened the other way. So um, I run a business, a dating coach. So my job is to help guys get the date, land the girl, 
uh, and maybe even get a girlfriend, build a relationship, whatever it is they want, right? With you know their soul skills, their dating life, uh, their relationships, and their lifestyle. So that's what I do. I've been uh, coaching this stuff since 2014. Uh, by the time I was 22 years old, I was making like a six-figure income off of this, traveling all around the world doing this stuff, okay? And I was running programs in the States, in Australia, like all over the place, you know, doing workshops everywhere, audience everywhere. And um, when I was 22, so I'm 26 now, when I was 22, I met a girl. I met her here in Toronto. Her name was Laura. She was beautiful. And I fell in love with her. She was so beautiful. I, I fell in love with her language, the culture, the vibe. You know, she would invite me over to her place and, you know, like cook me chilaquiles, which is like this beautiful, like <laughs> delicious, like uh, breakfast, breakfast yeah. meal. It was so fucking tasty. And, um, you know, within a few weeks, she was telling me, Justin, I have to go home. You know, I have to go back to school. And my heart was breaking. And I was so, so upset. So I said, look, I don't want to end it with you. I love you. I want to be with you we can make this work. Let's do a long distance relationship. And so I told her I would visit her in Mexico. And so three weeks after she left, I booked a flight to her city of Leon to go visit her. And I stayed with her and her family, her parents. It was crazy. We had a great time. We spent like two weeks together. And then three weeks later, she had a break from school and she came to visit me back in Toronto again. So, you know, it was amazing. And then, uh, you know, I ended up finishing school and I just dropped everything and I moved to Mexico, moved in with her parents. And funny enough, I restarted my business in her city. So I restarted, I actually found clients to coach in her city. So I was making money. I was remotely uh, working in the nightlife, nightclubs in Toronto, remotely, but doing like nightlife promo stuff, uh, doing a little bit of online business stuff as well. And I was getting client sales from when I'm back in Toronto. So I was able to make money in Toronto while I was in Mexico. I was able to make money in Mexico while I was in Mexico. And uh, yeah, it worked. So it, it learned a lot about just business and entrepreneurship and stuff like that. But it wasn't making a whole lot of money, you know, a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars there, enough to get by in Mexico. And funny enough, when I was actually uh, stopping by Mexico in the first week of March of 2020, obviously we had this crazy whole pandemic thing, coronavirus, right? And so what happened was uh, I was just like, well, shit. I'm not going to be able to go back to Toronto and coach my clients because, you know, they're shutting things down. I'm just going to stay in Mexico because I had actually met another girl. She was really cute. And so I was like, you know what? I'm good on money. I don't really need money. I could, you know, chill for a while. And so I was able to live in Mexico and make money anyway. Through my coaching business, if you find online clients, and I was making a lot of money too, over six figures throughout COVID. It was, it was great. But the thing is... Um, one thing that really stood out to me was I saw an opportunity here uh, to create a course about dating apps, social media, and Tinder, because obviously mm -hmm. I'm a dating coach. I have a huge audience of almost 100,000 people on YouTube, and they all watch my videos about dating. And I was thinking, hey, well, this is a great opportunity for me to release a course about Tinder and dating apps. So me and my buddy, Brad, released a course called Online Seduction, which is a full-length course on how to pick girls, how to get laid from dating apps, how to meet girls, get dates, etc. And so we created this course by the way, I'm massively filtering myself right now just because you said I keep it PG, PG-13. So yeah, like, you're doing a good the, job. The actual backstory <laughs> is like, fuck, it's crazy. It's crazy. Right. We, we, we released this course and um, I think we ended up making around 100 grand from the course, right? So it's COVID, lockdown, stay on wars, everyone's broke, made 100 grand from the course, making like 5, 10K a month from uh, you know my coaching business, still getting like all this like COVID business grants and all this bullshit. So I was mm -hmm. bawling, man. During COVID, I made more money than ever. And mm -hmm. I wasn't even fucking home. I wasn't even in my home city, Toronto. I was traveling the world. I was all over the place. And I actually spent about eight months living in Mexico City in La Candesa, Centro, and all different parts of Mexico City, you know, having fun, meeting girls. Had a girlfriend, broke up with her. Another girlfriend, broke up with her. Uh, in between, had a bunch of short-term girls I was seeing. So I was having fun, living in the penthouse in Mexico. Uh, moved back to Toronto, got a penthouse here. All the money I made, I invested it. So like I'm pretty much like in a really good financial position. So yeah, man, like making money online, working remotely, definitely something I highly recommend to everyone. Living in Latin America is one hell of an experience as well. Definitely something I recommend to everyone. Doing it together at the same time, amazing because the cost of living there is so cheap. And then the other thing is you can make a US income or like a six-figure income online relatively easier than most people would think while living in these cheaper countries. So you not only that, you mm -hmm. can, you know, live like a god. You can live like a king. You can save a ton of money and uh, live very, very 
well. Well said, man. That's literally the game plan is make money in Canadian or US dollars and spend in pesos. Well, yeah, think about this, man. If you're from London, if you're from Sydney, or if you're from New York, LA, Toronto, these are expensive, expensive cities. So you got to think about it. If you were to land an average job in one of these cities, let's say you're making like 60, 70, 80K a year, those are like pretty much average incomes for you to just barely get by and pay your bills in these cities. Well, what if you could have a remote income? What if your job can be on Zoom? What if your work could be online? What if you can ask your company you work for to allow you to work remotely. What if you could, uh, instead of working for a company, but a similar income via business venture, maybe investing, maybe cryptocurrency trading, maybe drop shipping, no inventory drop shipping. Maybe you have some sort of consulting business. Maybe you uh, mm -hmm. have some sort of coaching company, right? And mm -hmm. so you do that, all of a sudden you have an insane amount of freedom. You just built yourself the opportunity to have an insane amount of freedom. And if you could even make 50K a year, well, you could still live even better than you were back home with less money Agreed. in these new countries. Agreed. I often tell people like, it, you know, ask for a 10K salary cut to work 100% remote. It'll, you'll, you'll save, it's you'll make more money. It's worth it. I genuinely believe yeah. it. Yeah. No, you, you'll How just save you... more money. So you obviously understand the formula of working online, you know, building a business, internet marketing, everything that comes along with it. How did sure. you really get into that? Like, how, Dude, like I what just was did your, I didn't learn. What was your I big inspiration? There was no inspiration. I just did it. I just did what I was passionate about and followed my dreams. You know, the, the cheesy, you know, thing is like, go follow your dreams. Do what makes you happy. Well, I did that. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just travel with the money saved up from club promoting and from working with clients in cash. I'd saved up like 20K over the course of years. You know, I use that mm -hmm. to start traveling. I use that to, you know, travel to Australia. I use that to travel back to Toronto. And then when I noticed that my money was dipping, you know, I, I was like, oh, well, now I should try to like sell more clients so I can make more money and get my money back up where it was. Because in my mm -hmm. head, my baseline was like, let's say like 20K is what I had saved up, right? Like back then, like even... 20K might sound like a lot of money to have saved up, but that was when I was like 20 years old. And I thought that was like not a lot of money. So I was like, in my head, I was still broke. I was living frugally. And, um, you know, if I had 20K saved up, it's like if it dipped under 20K, I would try to find clients to get that back up. And so I'd always, that was kind of my mindset, just like break even and make sure my bank stays about 20K. And then, you know, eventually became stay above 30K and stay above 40K and stay above 100K, et cetera. So, you know, I was always trying to focus on just like saving more money you know, stacking cash, but I wasn't really thinking of like, you know, I, I never really learned. I wasn't, it's not like I was out there reading all the business books and stuff. I kind of just did it. Right. A lot of people want to know, how do you learn business? How do you do that? You just do it. Right. Like if you want to really learn business, you just do it. So I kind of just did it. And I did what I was passionate about. The, the thing I was coaching was what I was passionate about, which was dating, meeting girls, having fun, having these crazy, you know, crazy party experiences with fun, crazy stuff going on girls. And again, watering down the content. Right. But, um, I found out a lot, a lot of guys who were like, Hey man, can you teach me how to do that stuff? I'm like, totally. Uh, and I did, I taught people for free for a year until I realized I could charge money for this. And I started charging clients $40. One of my last clients paid me $40,000. I had a client work with me for two weeks, paid me $40,000. Right. Uh, so I've literally a thousand times what I charge clients now. Right. And so, you know, four years ago I was virtually broke. I had even had to move back into my parents right? Now I'm in a position where I'm making like a seven figure remote income, traveling around the world, making bank, having fun, doing whatever I want, having so much free time to just live with the life I want. So it's amazing. You know, there's really no excuses to not do this, just do it, but you got to stop playing it safe. That's one thing. Uh, I never really played safe. I was always a bit of a risk taker. Like I've, I, I've just been a big risk taker in my life. And so that's kind of what got me where I'm at. It's like my mom was telling me, you know, go get a job, go do this and that. I remember I had a government job at a really like prestigious job with the government, the Ministry of Transportation, you know, with a nice title and stuff. I quit after two weeks to go make YouTube videos because to me, it wasn't really about the money. It was about what I was passionate about mm -hmm. and what would give me the most freedom. And, you know, sometimes people don't realize like money can actually hinder you and it doesn't allow you to have freedom if you're doing it for the wrong reason. So if you're working in a job that you hate for a company you hate and it ties you down and you essentially become a slave, they're buying you, they're buying your time and now you're stuck there. Well, you have become a slave. So you don't have the freedom. So to me, freedom over everything, it, the freedom is more important than the money, right? Doing what I was passionate about was more important 
And then charging a premium for what I do, for what I'm passionate about, that is, you know, what started to pay the bills. And now I can live very well. And it got to the point where, you know, I didn't fly girls around with me. It's like, if I have a girlfriend or I meet a girl that I like, I can fly her around with me, right? I met a beautiful girl like a month ago and I asked her to come to Egypt with me. She unfortunately said she couldn't, but I was going to pay for everything to take care of it because I can afford to, right? Yeah, I think, um, I think of it as golden handcuffs. And it's something we see a lot in Toronto and other big cities where we have it so good. You know, the investment banking jobs are easy to come by. Real estate's sure. going up 10, 15 sure. percent a year. Um, you know, you can make 40 bucks an hour in construction, just like digging a hole in Toronto, uh, probably like 60 bucks an hour. Like and so it's, it's it can be hard to, you know, all your friends are there. You feel like it's the center of the world. Um, and so it can be hard to uh, make that shift. But I think that's what my Latin life is kind of going for is we're trying to show people that, you know, there might be a better life and a better option out there. Well, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, man. Like it's golden handcuffs. A lot of people don't realize what is out there. A lot of people don't realize the potential. And a lot of people don't realize you can live a better life elsewhere. And there's this saying, go where you're treated best. Okay. Mm -hmm. In a lot of these cities, man, you're not going to be having the, the free time. You're not gonna be having the dating life you want to have. You're not gonna be having the, uh, somebody in the friend groups you want to have. Cause it's just not part of the culture, man. Like a city like Toronto, New York, Sydney, there's these like commerces, business hustle and bustle cities, which is like your work is your life, right? You go to your, you said you're in Sayulita, Mexico right now. Yeah. We have a mutual friend, Chris, living in Playa del Carmen. I was living with him and my ex-girlfriend in Playa del Carmen with his girlfriend. And, you know, you see the life there. People work to live. They don't live to work, right? In Toronto, people live to work, right? They live to work. In Playa del Carmen, people work to live. And it's so much happier. You got the freedom. You have the good weather. You have whatever you want, really. And so it is a beautiful time. Uh, now, personally... Me personally, I've already done so much travel that I'm just like happiest now in Toronto, I find, because my life here is, I, I built my lifestyle the same way I built my income and everything. I built my lifestyle here to be so dope, so much fun. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I'm here, it's like I'm on vacation. It's better than these countries. But uh, that I feel like it's like a next paradigm. It's like next level, you know? Yeah, you have it's, a good set. It's kind set. of hard for people. It's very hard for people to be able to do that unless you do make a lot of money and unless you have a lot of like friend connections, right network. Um, and so... If you don't, hey man, what's stopping you from moving to freaking Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, or Mexico City, or uh, you know Medellin, Colombia, and just living a life there and having fun and going on Tinder, meeting girls there, and having a cool life there, and just doing whatever the hell you want to do, whatever it is you want to do, whatever life you want to live, go do it there, right? Mm -hmm. And it's gonna be cheaper. I, I, I think even better. Yeah, yeah, food, weather, climate, everything. Um. And I was going to say, kind of just echoing your point, I think even if ultimately you do want to go back to say, you know, your hometown where your parents are, you know, that's obviously like totally commendable to, you know, be close to your parents as they get older. But I think every man uh, and every person does need to spend a little bit of time outside the bubble to sort of gain perspective, gain new skills and ultimately, ultimately kind of become a more interesting person. For sure. Well, look. When you go travel, you're going to meet so many people, experience so many things, change your paradigms, shift in perspectives, and then you take that home with you. And the other thing is like, go live your life, man. Go live the life you want to live. Go live the life of your dreams. And the other thing is when you're young, you should travel because maybe when you're older, maybe you meet a beautiful lady and she becomes your girlfriend or something. And maybe you get married and have kids and settle down and then you have more time to focus on work and whatnot. Well, Go travel while you're young. Now, the other thing is you can always move home. You always can move home, right? Mm. Will you have the freedom, the health, the means to go do these things now? Will you have the opportunity to go travel and do these things, right? I just came back from a two-week trip in Egypt. I didn't want to go. I didn't even want to go to Egypt. Why would I want to go to some, you know, third world country where they don't speak English and it's like super conservative. There's no pretty girls there. The prettiest girls are married off by the time they're like 20 years old or whatever. And so it's like, why do I want to go there? Well, in my head, I was like, well, if I don't, I'm going to have the opportunity to go in the future. And I might regret that. So I went there, didn't really like it that much. That's fine. It experienced a lot. It was still epiphany inducing, eye-opening, 
and I've taken home new knowledge and experience, right? And so, yeah, you can always move home if you want to, right? But you'll never have the opportunity if you don't leave your home. Go leave, get out of the house, go do things, right? And the world will open up for you. 100%. And you just got back yesterday, right? Yeah, I got back last night. Are you jet lagged? Uh, I fell asleep at like yeah, 10 p.m. So, and then I woke up like, so I slept for like 10 hours. Right? I feel pretty good so far. Man, how did you like it? How'd you like Egypt? You went to the pyramids? Yeah, 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 it was all right. Yeah, it's okay. I just think it's funny that, you know, every kid by the, you know, they're going to learn about the pyramids in geography mm-hmm. class by age yeah. eight for sure. And you, if, if you just took a survey of pretty much every adult by age like 50, they've just still never gone to the pyramids. And, sure. and that little kid is just looking at the parents and just being like, wait, so you could go round trip for like four or 500 bucks. You know, yeah, like, it's not it, that it's hard. A, it's probably like 700 like, how, US for my flight round trip. And I did yeah, a tour. I mean, Canada's which, expensive to fly from right now, but still, but like what I'm saying is like, whatever, it's like pretty small sum relative to, sure. to doing like such a bucket list thing. I'm, I'm always yeah. like, how come my parents have never been to like Japan or something? You know what yeah, I mean? Like it, it blows your mind, right? Like how much is out there? And I've seen, dude, I'm 26. I'm still young as hell. I've seen so much. I've been to 50 countries, you know, I've been to Machu Picchu, been to Chichen Itza, uh, you know, obviously Niagara Falls because down the street from me pretty much. Uh, but like I've seen all the wonders of the world, the pyramids, like done all this crazy stuff. I've been to like Angkor Wat in Cambodia, you know, yeah. drove motorcycles across it. Laos, right? I've like those crazy things because it's like you're gonna fucking die. Like most people don't realize you're going to die one day. Yeah. You're gonna die. I've had so many near death experiences, dude. I, I've had like some dude who tried to beat the shit out of me because I banged his girlfriend, uh, and like I, I he was literally trying to kill me. He went to jail. I, I was I was in a wheelchair, right? Or I almost drowned in the ocean in Australia. Or, like I've had so dude in freaking uh, what the hell were we were in? We were, I think we we're in Aswan. Uh, Aswan, Egypt, in the south of Egypt the other day, and I almost got hit by a car. My tour guide pulled me off the street right before a car hit me. And so, so like, I literally almost died there. It's like, you're going to die. Go see the world. Go live your life. Go do things. Stop playing video games. Stop touching yourself at nighttime. And go, like, stack, sorry, stack cash, build a business, and go travel and work remotely, and go live your life, man. There's so much to do. A lot of people, like, look, if you had a gun to your head right now, if you had a freaking gun to your head and they said, you have 24 hours to get $2,000 together. Could you do it? Most people in Western society for sure could do it. Whether you have to borrow money from friends or family or freaking sell your kidney or sell your dog or you know perform sexual favors <laughs> to do it, you probably could figure it out, right? But most people wouldn't even have to go to the extreme. You'd probably be like, oh yeah, well, cool. I can sell my bike. I could uh, you know, sell this stock. I could close one client. I could do this or that. And like all of a sudden you'd have the money like that. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that you can just do tweak your life here or there, a little small thing. And all of a sudden you have more money. And then now you have that money and you can go travel. Well, imagine you could do that once a month. So when I'm traveling in these countries to make a couple thousand dollars, to just, you know, break even on my expenses, it's nothing. It really is nothing. So if you can save up 10 to 20 grand, Book a one-way trip to one of these places, figure out how to make money while you're there and break even on your trip. You can probably figure that out. Next thing you know, you've just built a remote income, slowly scaled that over the course of a few months, and you are making bank. One of my buddies, his name's Bradicus. He was a dating coach. He was a famous pickup artist and really, really character of a human being. He was broke. He didn't have a lot of money. He booked a one-way flight to Thailand. And he thought he was going to fly home after 30 days, but he just started getting clients left and right because he started making YouTube videos of him picking up girls. So he started having guys be like, hey, can you teach me how to pick up girls? And next thing you know, all these guys are like flying in to work with him in Bangkok. And they're paying him tons of money. So he just had more money to travel. So he kept traveling. Then he went to the States and he got clients there. Then he went to Canada, got clients there. Then he went to South America, got clients there. He's been traveling now for the last five years or so. And he hasn't been home in five years. And he is a multi, multi-millionaire. And he built all of this remotely while traveling off his phone, off his laptop, and through cryptocurrency investing, uh, the the money he made. So he made you know a bunch of cash, invested in crypto, made millions, and now he's pretty much set for life. He pretty much never has to go home unless he needs to get his passport renewed or something at some point. Pretty amazing. Let's actually possible. talk for a second about Bradicus because I'm sure some people will find this through like YouTube search and 
some of the old school fans will be curious, but we'll do it in a PG way. But he's banned so from did, social media. So if you even search up Bradicus, I don't know if you'll even find him. Exactly. Find so this video, this video had. will rank. This video will rank if we t- <laughs> when I when I put the timestamp in. And so, okay, a little Bradicus history. So is is Thailand actually where he got his start? Uh, I mean, Australia is. Um, we're working for the same dating coach company, uh, Taylor, at a point. So yeah, Australia is where was, he first started. He started was, at home that, in Australia. That first, yeah, that was his yeah. first jump to travel. Yeah. And then he went basically Thailand and kind of, you know, Southeast Asia, which is close for him. And so he really started in Asia because I've I've met up with him in uh, Sao Paulo. And I want to think if anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I met up with him in, in Brazil. And he's definitely a big Latin America guy now. But he really got to start in Asia. Yeah, well, think about this. Latin America is like the Asia of North America, right? Australia, you know, you got you got Asia right over there, right? So it's um, I, I find when you go to Asia, you, you meet a lot of like Brits and Aussies, right? Versus you go to Latin America and you'll see like more like North American tourists there. For sure. Okay, so he got started there. You know, I didn't know he was doing that well. Like I, you know, I, I um. Yeah, what you're saying is like he really has it down because we're talking about a guy just to like help people picture who is just like successful in spite of himself almost. Um, And it almost just speaks to like how powerful uh, the what's the word Uh, geo arbitrage is, because this is a guy that's wearing like two different socks. One of the socks is like Elmo. Um, (laughs) His shoes, his shoes are like super tattered. He'll have like a mustard stain on his shirt, like. Big and like some rad. short, like just like completely mismatched, like looking like the biggest goon, basically. Uh, and and I, I tell him, I told him this when I saw him. I was like, "What are you doing, man?" But, um, uh, but this is a guy, yeah. But but at the same time, you know, he's successful uh, in his social life and in online his business life, as well. His relationships, mm-hmm. pulling mad cuties, and making insane amounts of money. He's in Peru right now. He's in Lima, Peru. Uh, I was actually living with him in Mexico City and Brazil. Uh, he's been hopping around Colombia, Brazil for the last you know year, year and a half, Costa Rica, and I was in Peru. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think how, what else to say to sort of like buckle the buckle on on Bradicus because it's just hilarious. It's just how do you do you think he'll ever be able to sort of like make a comeback, or do you think he'll just um, kind of with his live social a media life? career, with his current, with his social media career, with his current. Uh, Reputation, probably not, but he doesn't need to because he's making way more money. He's making like $500 a day US from crypto staking and stuff like that. And like the crypto market goes up. He's he's set for life, man. He, he doesn't need to. He's good with money. He's happy. He's traveling. Hooking up yeah, he's going to chill. He's got his freedom. He's got his freedom. Is he, he even, is he even like taking on clients? Nope. He doesn't need to. Yeah, because it's like, I don't how think do you he even get wants them? to either. Yeah. Well, First of all, he doesn't have an audience to reach out to them, but he also doesn't need mm-hmm. to, you know, like it, it's not going to do anything for him. So his goal was never really money. His goal was freedom and having the freedom to do whatever he wants. Right. And now he's got money. So now he's got that freedom. And in your conversations with him, I mean, this dude loves Latin America, spent a lot of time in Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, Peru. And we're talking like, you know, at least three plus months in each of those places, if not significantly more, more like a year in each place. Um, is, do you think he'll ever go back to Asia or is he like a committed Latin America guy now? Yeah. Like he actually even bounced off to Europe for a bit and he's like, no, F this. I'm going back to yeah, uh, Latin America. That's true because, and I think you could speak to this too a little bit in this conversation. I always find sort of the comparisons fun. And I thought what was cool about Bradicus is he was one of the few guys that had been to Latin America, been to Eastern Europe, been to Southeast Asia, like it to in a, in a significant way, and was able to sort of like compare and contrast them, and sort of just be like, how are Colombians different than Belarusians and stuff like that? Yep. And it's very it's very uh, uh, unique to sort of like get those perspectives from people. And he was one of the people that sort of was just on the ground doing it, and that's why I found his stuff so interesting. Um, it's a good testament to uh, Latin America, Latin America culture, dating in Latin America, the quality, the quantity of experience you could have, the abundance of relationships you could have, and the fun you could have, um, as well as the quality of life, food, culture, uh, social life, nightclubs, stuff like that. Like, it's, Latin America's got a really good balance of everything. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. And was was Leon your first uh, time basically in Latin America? No, I, I had been to Cancun before, but I hated Cancun. I just did not like Cancun because I just felt like it was an American tourist trap. Um, but then shortly after, yeah, Leon. Well, actually, I'd also been to Cozumel before that, uh, which was only like for a day on a cruise ship. So it doesn't really count. Um, but yeah, Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico. Um, yeah, that was which probably is a my pretty first time pretty authentic city. So Leon, for, for people that don't know, is like a sort of like a university town where lots of Mexican pretty students much. come to go to university. Um, so like it does, 1. Have, it does have a little bit of energy. It's a big city, yeah, over a million people. Um, but it's not going to be the most English speaking place. So no, no, you must no have definitely. I was, was like I pretty out, pretty deep end. You're yeah, you were yeah. going off the deep well, end. Well, I fell in love, you know, and you know, I followed my heart, took me to Mexico, and. I was there and I had a life there. I had friends there. I had income there. I had girlfriends, guy friends, girlfriend, like a, like a monogamous girlfriend and female friends and guy friends and all kinds of stuff going. And it was, it was great. It was a pretty happy time and the food is good and everything was great. And, you know, after that, you spent a bunch of time in Mexico city later on. Did you continue going back to Leon a little bit or? Uh, yeah, I, I've been to of- Leon twice three times I'm not sure um no i did after that i didn't, I didn't go back um but I, I did travel like all around mexico uh mexico city definitely one of the better places more infrastructure better built but yeah and in the beach towns like you're in sailita i went to puerto Vallarta for a bit it was pretty interesting cool you know the, the beaches are always great it's always a good time mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to sort of go back to what you were saying about how uh when you were 22 you had to move back with your parents uh, yeah. you, you know, financially you're, you know, not in a good spot and it's an interesting time in life that I think a lot of people can relate to where, um, that's also the time a lot of your friends are probably graduating from university. They're maybe getting prestigious job offers at accounting firms and stuff like that. For sure. You know, you, you have Indian parents being like, get a job, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the, the immigrant guilt type stuff. Yeah. I mean, how did you, and so that was like a big sort of defining moment when you said, you know what, I'm going to go all in on entrepreneurship. So here's the crazy thing, right? I had just traveled to Europe with my ex-girlfriend, Laura, and I spent a whole lot of money. Uh, maybe I had like 40 K saved before that. I lost like 12 grand in crypto, just gone. Like uh, I was using a platform that just stole my money. Uh, and then, so I lost money there. And then I spent like 12 grand traveling and the money here, money there. And I was like almost out of cash. I think I had like 10 to 12 grand saved left. And in my head, like with the money I was spending, I was like, okay, this is going to be gone in the like next month or two. So that wasn't even the reason I didn't move back with my parents. I was renting my place out to like this like stripper dude. And he freaking uh, had my room and I didn't have a place to stay. Like there's no room in the condo that I was... I was living in because I, I subleased it. So I didn't even have a place to stay. So I had to move back with my parents for three weeks. Uh, and, you know, the first day I got back, I sold a client. The second day I got back, I sold three clients. And in three weeks, I made like another 30 Gs. I'm like, oh, great. I can move back out. I can ball out and go travel again. Right. And so, you know, life was good like that. You know, that's, that's how my life usually is like, you know, I'm broke. I'm rich. I'm broke. I'm rich. I'm, oh, shit. I made like a million dollars this year. Oh, shit. I lost like 700K in crypto. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like where I'm at. And so it's always just really, really trippy. And so, yeah, man, like life was, it it was just very intense. And so, yeah, I tried to move back to my parents. And yeah, when I started this entrepreneurial journey, man, it it was always like my mom saying, you know, this can't last forever, right? Or, you know, one day you're gonna have to get a real job. Even as I'm saying, I guess fucking pissed off. Sorry, pardon (laughs) my French, but I mean, like so like frustrated thinking like how my mother used to be like, this isn't gonna last forever. Uh, You know, one day you're gonna have to get a real job. And then like by the time I'm 22 years old, I was making way more money than my parents. And like, I remember like coming out of like uh, my, my room, my parents' old condo and like, my like, yeah, gap just closed like $5,000 in sales in like three hours. My mom's like, well, this won't last forever. And I'm like, I, I remember just like telling my mom like F off because I'm like, mom, I just made $20,000 in the past three weeks. And I'm like, blues, it blows my mind because like I literally have months now where I'll make like my mom's annual salary in like two or three days of doing like work. And so like, she can't say anything. And so at some point they had to give up, you know, their dream of what they wanted for me. And my mom just tells me, Justin, I just want you to be happy. Go do whatever you want to do to go be happy. Right. That's great. It's great. I now have an effective, healthy, mature adult relationship with my parents where they can't tell me anything. Don't have control over me. And because I don't live with them, 
They can't be like, oh, well, you live in my house, that or this or that. You know, you have to do this and that. Because I can just be like, F off. I make bank. I make more money than you. I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. So, yeah, in that aspect, money definitely is freedom. When you're working for like the law firm or whatever the hell and you're stuck and yeah, the golden handcuffs and you can't get out of there, then yeah, that's not freedom. But when you have that remote income where, you know, you're making all that money and whatnot, uh, yeah, you do have real freedom. Definitely, man. And as much as you say that like you, you, you learn by doing, um, did, I know that you've also said that you've like invested like tens of thousands of dollars in mentorship over the years. Um, like sure. how, how influential, influential has mentorship been for you? I, I think more so than that, reading good books, just reading really effective business books. Here's a great example. Pitch anything by Orrin Claff, great business book. Really good book that'll teach you sales, frame control, mastering, um, you know, mm -hmm. your ability to communicate with people and do sales. Uh, another great book, uh, Thinking Rich, because it'll change your mindsets and the fundamental yeah. mindsets that run you. Uh, yeah. Thinking Rich by Napoleon Hill, really, really good business book. Uh, how to Win Friends and Influence People, that's a really good book teaching how to be social in a business setting and how to, you know, effectively develop yourself as a human being. Uh, there's tons of, so I've read probably like hundreds of books like this, right? But I wasn't just reading them because I want to make more money. I was reading them because I want to develop myself as a human being. But then sure, yeah, they'll give the right mindsets and behaviors and perspectives on how to make more money. So yeah, definitely. Those are even more important than mentorship. Uh, one other thing I did was just, instead of like just formally paying for mentorship, I would just like find guys who are good mentors and are really, really, really successful because your network becomes your net worth and you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So all my yeah. friends are millionaires, influencers, YouTubers, except like just really successful in anything I'd want to be successful in. And I would just like become best friends with them. One thing I've always been really good at is being a really good friend. So I would just be a really, really good friend to people who needed it, who are successful in what I wanted to learn. And then indirectly, they mentor me with what I wanted to learn. And so I learned mm -hmm. about crypto investing. I learned about social media. I learned about YouTube and how to get viral there. I learned how to, you know, make money doing this and that and that. And so, yeah, like as, when I say I just learned from doing it, yeah, like I did learn from doing it. I didn't learn from like, you know, studying things and writing it down and then trying it when I'm ready. I just learned from like doing things, tweaking things, finding people who are successful, being around them, seeing what they do, having them give me advice and then applying to what I do and making more money, right? Definitely makes sense. Um, and I, I also noticed you have a lot of like, um, a lot of uh, the same energy as, or in like same characteristics as RSD Tyler, Owen Cook. I feel like mm -hmm. you spent like a lot of time um, sort of follow like learning from his like style. I definitely used I've, to watch a lot I've of seen him in, back I've in seen him in person and he, he yeah. actually is a very powerful speaker. No, I'm, I'm friends with him. I'm actually pretty good friends. I've hung out with him a few times. Uh, we talk on the phone like once a month. He's a really good dude. Uh, he definitely was really influential uh, when I was younger. I used to watch a lot of his content way back in the day. So yeah, no, mm -hmm. really good dude. Uh, and nothing bad to say about the guy. Like he's brilliant. He's such a good dude. Um, but yeah, like for sure. Uh, so like, yeah, just watching a lot of like self-development, self-help content. He was definitely someone I used to watch back in the day when I wanted to just learn like soul skills and self-help. Really good guy. Mm -hmm. And how do you like think about like developing your social skills? Like now you're at like an extremely high level. Um, what do you tell your clients who are uh, more beginner stage? And then for yourself, like, where do you feel like you want to keep improving? Well, from where I learn now, who I learn now from, it's like, would I ever take anyone's advice unless I would trade place to them? No, I wouldn't, right? So people I kind of like take advice from are like celebrities or like influencer type people I know. So I only take advice from people who are like a multi, multi, multi millionaires or like rich as shit or like really successful in whatever they do um, versus like what I teach my clients is like just the very basic foundational. It, it depends. That's a very loaded question. I run a full-time business as a dating coach lifestyle coach. And so it's like, there's so many different things I teach, but the fundamentals of what I teach, uh, very similar to what I'm talking about here is just go do things, go try things with them being social. The same thing just go out and then try things and test things and tweak things and learn from experience. hundred percent. And, um, okay. I have another interesting question for you. Um, so it's about the looks max movement. Is this, sure. is this, is looks maxing something that you helped like invent because it definitely got big and like, or like, where did it originally come from? So from my understanding, I actually don't know. I, I have a buddy named Nick. Nick is a male stripper, really good dude. And he was super into like what we call the black pill community. Now it's a very toxic community because a lot of the guys who kind of support that movement are like 
very negative. And in their, like in their head, it's like, you can't meet a girl. You can't get a girlfriend. Girls don't like you unless you look like a male model. Right. But no, man, I, I always had the idea of like, well, I have this image of what I want to look like. You know, I always want to kind of almost look like a skater dude, have long hair, have piercings, skinny jeans, and wear like vans. And then as I got older, that idea of who I wanted to be shifted. Right. But uh, the concept of looks magazine is very logical. Right. It's like a lot of guys complain they're ugly. Well, go make yourself not ugly. Even got to the point where I got cosmetic surgery when I was in Mexico City. I paid like a thousand US dollars for a fucking rhinoplasty. You got a nose job. So yeah, I got a nose job. And now I look like a freaking male model. Right. Long hair, piercings, tattoo. I just got a freaking tattoo when I was in Egypt. Badass. Oh, sick. Right. And so. Shit, what um, is that? Yeah, man. It's a mandala and a little flower. I'll like zoom in there. Look. All right. Kind of hard right. to see because I can't like twist my whole arm around. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff. And so, um, yeah, like just maxing your aesthetic, maxing your looks, maxing your, your, I mean, look, there's two versions of you that both are like charismatic as fuck, cool game, cool guy, girls already like you, but one of you has cool chains, nice watch, tattoos, piercings. Guess what? You don't track what you want. You track what you are. And so, of course, you're going to meet beautiful, beautiful women because you are, have made yourself a beautiful human being. It's that simple. And so what are some of the like quick hacks uh, that people could implement to like up their look? Wear clothes that fit, tight fitted. Uh, you don't need to spend a whole lot of money. Go to HM and Zara and just wear things that fit. Dress size down so it fits on you. Unless it's too small. If it's too tight on you, then don't wear that obviously. But yeah, you're, you should wear really tight fit clothes. Uh, wear Chelsea boots. Uh, make sure you wear versatile uh, outfits. Um, black, gray dress high fashion, piercings and tattoos allow you to break your stereotypes. So if you're an ethnic minority, it allows you to stand out from the crowd. So nose piercings, ear piercings, cartilage piercings, cool tattoos, uh, even things like neck tattoos and hand tattoos. It might be a bit extreme, but it makes you look badass. and makes girls want the D. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just wear like cool fashion. Just dress better. Get a nice haircut. Groom yourself. Trim your beard. Hire a stylist if you need to. Uh, get the fuckboy haircut. Right. If, if, if you're a guy and you want to get, you know, good, good at grooming and aesthetic. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, man, just dress different, look different, feel different. There's a lot for your self-esteem as well, which is crazy. But yeah, there's a lot for your self-esteem. So the more you look better, the better you're going to feel. Therefore, you're going to be more attractive as a person in general, but not just because you look better because your personality and your charisma, because now you're more confident who you are. Have you ever had a boot camp where like all the clients go get tattoos? <laughs> Um, I've had one of my last programs, dude got pierced. Uh, I definitely recommend clients to get tattoos. Usually they're pussies, so they don't do that. Uh, but in every program we do, we completely do a fashion makeover and it makes them look incredible. You know, traditional dating advice is, oh, embrace who you are. Yeah, sure, embrace who you are, but it doesn't mean you can't be a better version of yourself, right? And like, it's changing your outfit, changing your fashion. It's like, you're not changing yourself. You're just making yourself a hidden version of yourself. And it's delusional to think otherwise that, you know, you shouldn't like, it's just insane to me that there's people out there who give the advice of don't dress better. Don't make yourself look better. You know, if you can do these things that make you more attractive, go fucking do it. Seriously. It's like, don't make more money. What? <laughs> right. This is, this is a weird thing to admit, but when I saw you did the nose job, I, cause I, I have a big ass nose. I have a big Italian nose. And I was yeah. like, mm, I'm, you know, Justin's making this a little more relatable, like <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> Like, here's the thing, man. I just, I didn't even care about the nose job. I kind of just did it. It's not like I was even insecure about my nose. I literally just did it because I was bored. Because my ex-girlfriend, Valentina, she was a famous actress on a show called La Rosa de Guadalupe. It's a very popular Mexican TV show. And she had a nose job. Uh, and then like one of my buddies, my buddy Nick had a nose job and he just kept like pressuring me into it. I'm like, dude, I don't want a nose. Like I don't have any desire in any way, shape or form to get a nose job. But then, um, <laughs> I was in Mexico and I'm like, oh, it's cheap as hell. And the way I saw it is almost like I'm in a video game. It's like I can upgrade my character. I'm a character and I can upgrade myself, you know, tattoos, no, upgrade my nose job. I'm like thinking logically, I'm like, look, I've already lived an amazing life. I'm dating a famous actress, I make good money. I've banged a lot of girls. I have a great life. I'm like, what's the next level? I guess getting a nose job and becoming like a fucking A-list celebrity. I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I just hit up a surgeon on Instagram and uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she's like, sure, come tomorrow. It was like a thousand bucks. I'm like, here, let's do it. Why not? I knew nothing about it. Went into it, doing zero research. I'm like, why not? Let's get a nose job. And now I have a gorgeous freaking nose. And now everywhere I go, girls are like, wow, you have an amazing nose. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thanks, baby. All natural. <laughs> Damn, thousand bucks? I was thinking it'd be way more. Yeah, Mexico City. Dr. Julieta. 
Another good reason to come to Latin America is uh, medical tourism. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only, uh, what's the word? Uh, like dentists. Yeah, dentists. I mean, anything. Uh, x-rays really, are mad cheap. cheap. Yeah, yeah, no, everything. Well, we have free healthcare in Canada, right? So I don't really have to worry about that. But then like living in Mexico, it's like, well, if I want to go get like, you know, dentistry done, any cosmetic surgery, anything that would cost me a lot of money, I could just go do it in third world country. That's one right. fifth to one tenth the price. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, healthcare is actually one of the big obstacles for a lot of people that want to make the move because, you know, now with online income and crypto and everything, if you are willing to give up Canadian residency, uh, you could potentially get to a place where you're paying 0% tax if you set up your sure. stuff right in a different country. And, I, and one of the big, one of the big, um, drawbacks is that you'll lose access to Canadian healthcare. Um, but what we're yeah, talking about now is that is actually travel insurance. You can get travel insurance. And even if you pay cash out of pocket for the dentist or for most things, it, it's really like quite reasonable and mathematically like totally makes sense. So the travel insurance, like for example, you can get World Nomads. Or my favorite safety wing is probably the most flexible, yeah. easy to yeah. use travel insurance. It's 42 US dollars per month and it is cheap as hell. And it's, uh, it's like worldwide coverage. Like you don't have to worry about anything. And it's like, you know, really just for emergency, if you like really injure yourself, but then even paying out of pocket for like most places in these countries, it is really, really affordable. And you're definitely gonna be paying less money than you'd pay for taxes. But then more so than that, you know, it's like healthcare is just so affordable in these countries. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. Um, speaking about countries, I, I mean, I know you spend a lot of time in LA and you probably have lots of American clients. You probably have like American like accounts and stuff like that. Have you ever thought about like permanently making the move to the States, like getting like no. a US yeah. visa, stuff I like want that? To. I, I have thought about it, but uh, I don't really want to. don't see a point. I like Toronto a lot. It's a great, great, great city. Um, mm-hmm. And so like it took me traveling all around the world to realize, you know, Homer's where the heart is. And I, I love it so much. And I'm very, very happy being in Toronto. So, yeah, I'm probably happiest when I'm in Toronto. So, like, yeah, I don't really see a point. You know, LA's really dirty, inexpensive, <laughs> and just like, eh, don't really see a point. I feel you. I, mean, I feel LA you. LA is a third world city, straight up. I would consider I it you. a third world city. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were there at the same time um, a year or two ago when we were trying to meet up, I remember. Um, so... And, and I think that's where I'm going to eventually get to is to basically be like a snowbird and spend the summers in Toronto and the winters cool. in Latin America. Um, I was going to yeah, – uh, I, I guess some people would be curious to know, like where, what area of Toronto are you from? Downtown. Oh, so I, I grew up originally, in originally. Uh, the, the east end, borderline Scarborough Pickering. Uh, uh-huh. That was the neighborhood I grew up in. Um so like East End of Scarborough, but then I lived downtown. So I lived downtown since 2017. Uh-huh. Most okay. of my time downtown. Like I don't so really, like I don't really do you, live, Would you say you're from Scarborough or Pickering? No, Scarborough for sure. Okay. But I spent a lot of time in both. No, okay. Okay, I, th- I think that's useful uh, trivia for like some of your long-term fans. <laughs> cool. And um, another question about the business. So like what percentage of your like in-person clients or actually just dating clients in general come from in-person in Toronto, sort of through the network and, and everyone there versus like international clients, primarily through Zoom and whatnot? So I get tons of international clients who actually fly in. I don't like doing online coaching. Not that it's not profitable. It's probably more scalable and more profitable if you do it right than mm-hmm. even doing it in person. Like you could probably make more money and make it easier if you just did it effectively online. But I, I actually like, like, I'm not just in this for the money, dude. Like I never really coached for the money. It never was about money. And then when I realized, well, money is awesome. Then it like, it's like, great, let's build a business and change people's lives. So I did it because I love it. And so even now, like I just not passionate about doing online type coaching. It just doesn't get me going. And so I've done it, but um, especially during COVID, like I was doing that. But um, no, in person is like where my heart is, right? Interesting. So, but you do do a lot of digital products, but you'd prefer like a full digital product versus sort of like a productized service where you need to do the Zoom calls and everything. Say again? 
So it's like, you know, you can have digital products that are just purely sort of video and, and whatever, just like a pure digital product. Yeah, I, I've, or I you can have sort of like the mentorship one. mentorship model where you're coaching people through Zoom and whatnot. Yeah, of course. And you yeah, prefer to just really keep popular. the online yeah. online and then keep the in-person in person. And if so, people really I've got online courses. I've got a course called Online Seduction, online-seduction.com. It's a course about how to pick up girls from Tinder. I've got daygamemastery.org, which is a course on how to pick up girls in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I just launched that last month. You know, we've already made a bunch of money from it. Like it's been really profitable and I'm making bank. And mm-hmm. like that's just an extra stream of income, right? I've got in-person in-field coaching, uh, which is the only program running that right now. It's called the Toronto Immersion Bootcamp. And um, it's an in-person program and it's making, that's like my bread and butter. Um, then I've got, you know, Zoom mentoring. I'm actually doing business mentoring. I'm taking on a couple of clients for that. So I do a bit of business mentoring. I am taking on a couple of clients for that uh, next month. And uh, then I've got uh, crypto, which makes me insane amount of money. That's more like an investment kind of strategy where all the money I have saved up, just throw it in crypto and invest it. Yeah. And so it's like making me richer and richer, which is really cool. Yeah, that reminds me. I remember, I think when you first got back to Toronto after that sort of COVID stint in Mexico City, you started making more business content um, sort of focused towards other internet entrepreneurs. And I I thought you were actually going to give up the dating angle entirely and go full into being successful and and entrepreneurship and things like that. Um, What was your thought process? And like, why did you decide to continue with the dating stuff? And how sustainable do you think it is? Like you're young, so you can actually keep doing it for like easily another five years or, or more. Or like, do you think you want to eventually sort of pivot to a different niche? I mean, logically, you'd think it pivot to a different niche, but I just love it so much. I don't know if I could stop for the next 10 years even, uh, unless I just make like my long-term goal is to just make tens of millions from this and then just like virtually retire if I want to. But again, mm-hmm. I just love it so fucking much. Like I just don't know if I could stop very passionate about it. And, uh, it's, it's great. It's fun. You know, allows me to meet beautiful women, allows me to have a life of insane freedom, like more, like so much freedom. That I don't know what to do with my free time, even though I'm making bank and bank tons of girls, like still have a ton of free time. And then, uh, it's, it's just a good time overall. So yeah, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm also really passionate about business entrepreneurship, uh, FinTech crypto and all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, I'm, I love it all. Love it all. And so I, I find that really ties in with what I'm doing more so than, you know, replacing what I'm doing. It ties in really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, man. So we're, we're kind of like the 50, 52 minute mark. So uh, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Maybe we can just kind of go to the hour. Um, sure. I, I know I've been like hitting you with lots of questions. Did you have any, any um, questions for me or, or things that you wanted to share? Um, no, I know you did just launch Day Game Mastery. Yeah, Day Game Mastery is awesome. So, is your audience primarily men? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Day Game Mastery is a really intricate course. It's 200 plus videos teaching you guys how to change your thoughts, beliefs, mindsets, habits when it comes to meeting women. So, you can literally just get insane results with in person dating. It ties so well into travel because now you have the skills to meet beautiful women and you can take that anywhere in the world. So whether you're walking down the street in Mexico city or when you're in Latin America or South America and Peru or Australia, like anywhere in the world, really, you can just have the skill set to meet gorgeous women everywhere you go. And that's one of the best parts about travel for me is like the diversity of the dating options because you can meet gorgeous women and make them your girlfriend. And I've had girlfriends from all over the world. I've had girlfriends from Europe. I've had girlfriends from Latin America. I've a lot of girlfriends from Latin America. I've had girlfriends, girlfriends in Australia. So it's it's always been really interesting. And yeah, how you meet them is during the day. You know, that's the best way to do it. So daygamemaster.org, it's a really, really powerful course, um, which would, there's another course I'll probably lay even more than that. It's called Online Seduction, online-seduction.com. I actually created that mm-hmm. with Braticus and it will teach you how to just scale the shit out of your dating life. So you can literally just meet so many girls. And I'm telling you right now, this works it's like made for Latin America. We made it when we were in Mexico City and you could literally just slay. So online-instruction.com. <laughs> if anyone wants to follow me, uh, you can go follow me on Instagram at drunkjustin2. Check out my crazy stories. Every day we're doing something different, new, and exciting. Um, you can check out my YouTube channel, Justin Marks. My name is Justin Mark. Uh, I also just launched a podcast called The Wingman Podcast. So it's on Spotify and Apple and it's also on YouTube. So if you just search up The Wingman Podcast or The Wingman Podcast, Justin Mark on YouTube, or on Spotify or on Apple, uh, you should be able to find it. And uh, yeah, go follow me, go check my stuff out. It's really fun, interesting. It's all based around sex, relationships, dating, travel, business, lifestyle development, and just 
living the life of a king, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching a bit of the the Wingman podcast, the first couple episodes. Cool. Uh, really, really high production quality. You got the whole studio going on, going you for like have a no fresh idea and fit type vibe. Yeah, dude. No, it's we, we literally have like a fifty thousand dollar studio. Well, it's like it's like a million dollar condo, but it's like um, fifty grand at least of equipment. It's just it's beautiful. It's it's we're really gonna take it off. Shit's gonna pop. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah, multi camera angles. Um, oh, yeah. All right, so. You know what? I okay. Two two more questions. One quick one. Um, so you've been sober for like three years plus, uh, at least for alcohol. Uh, why is your Why is your Instagram still drunk, Justin? Is it just like a joke at this point? Uh, more so, just so people can find me. It's like brain recognition because um, yeah. I I don't have my first Instagram anymore, which is drunk Justin, and I didn't want to change the name because I have hundreds of YouTube videos directing traffic there. But now people right. search drunk Justin, they can still right. find my, my 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 content. So, right, right. Yeah, it's just because really the, the original ones, the original YouTube video said at Drunk Justin, but you lost mm-hmm. it. So at least if they search it, they'll see two. Exactly. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, okay, so maybe let's give the people what they want a little bit. Uh, this is going to be a dangerous question, but how would you compare dating in Latin America um, to um, North America and other regions? Um, both for online and uh, and for in the day. Last time I talked about this publicly, I ended up in Forbes, Mexico, and they're talking shit about me and <laughs> yeah. slandering the hell out of me. I should sue Forbes, seriously. I should, I should sue them. But um, <laughs> I would say, I mean, look, if you're good at dating, you're going to be good at it everywhere. But Latinas are a lot more traditional in their mindsets. So – a Latina girlfriend is a lot like it dep- again. Also depends what city they're from, what country they're from, you know, what their upbringing was like, and so there's no way you can just stereotype one person. But overall, Latinas are more spicy. They're a little bit more crazy. They're a little bit more jealous, and they might kick your ass. <laughs> you know, if they catch you cheating, they might snip your dick off. But um, they are more loving, more passionate, uh, more likely to take care of you. Uh, versus like you know, I feel like a lot of women in like, America are just fat and ugly. And just like rude and overly entitled, you know what I mean? So like the dating market in Latin America is better for a single man versus in America because like you'll have fat, ugly women in America who are just like stuck up, right? Versus in Latin America, like the gorgeous women are like super loving and feminine and caring. So definitely uh, Latinas are more of a preference. I've kind of come full circle where like, I've just so overwhelmed by Latina women. They're like too much emotions. I can't even deal with them anymore. And I'm just like, I feel safe with my white girls. I love white girls. Uh, I've got two different girlfriends kind of who are both white. And I just feel like I'm safe with them because they're not going to beat me or try to murder me if we break up. (laughs) I mean, was the, um, was the caringness a surprise for you when you first got down there? Like how much they take care of you? Yeah, it was definitely, I just noticed like people in general, guys too, man, they're just part of the culture. It's not like the girls, it's the culture. People are more caring and loving in general, um, more family oriented, right? Versus I find in the like, you know, North American slash Western type world, like the concept of a nuclear family is almost like frowned upon, right? Versus like uh, outside of Western society, like people still have their nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, a couple of quick rapid fires. I mean, what do you think are some of the best cities in Mexico that you would recommend to people uh, for dating? I know you haven't been to all of them, but I know you, you kind of know the word on the street on a lot of places. Mexico City definitely is great for quantity because there's 25 million people there or whatever. Like you can just meet so many people. Uh, Guadalajara, Mexico, really, really awesome. It's the model capital of Mexico. Really, really cool. You go to Guanajuato City. It's full of like backpackers and stuff and like just interesting city to check out. Um, which could be good like for a week to check out or whatever. Um, Guadalajara is more if you want to just sell down, have a bunch of model girlfriends. Mexico City is if you just want to get laid like a rock star, go to Mexico City. Um, you got Playa del Carmen, which is really good for like expats to live there and live on the beach and you know bang the hotties from nightclubs and stuff like that. So that's really good, but not necessarily good for Tinder. Mexico City, Guadalajara, really good for Tinder. Uh, Puebla is pretty good for Tinder as well, but you know you're better off just staying in Mexico City because you know. There's more quantity and abundance there, and it's right next to Puebla. Puebla's worth checking out as well. Why not? Um, Guanajuato, Leon Guanajuato is really cool because you get a lot of people who move there from uh, Guadalajara or that area. And so 
you know, the girls are definitely different looking, more attractive and more feminine, I think, than girls in Mexico City. Like a lot more traditional. You get more traditional women there. So that's really cool. Um, all the beach cities like, you know, Sailita, Puerto Vallarta, Cancun, Playa del Carmen. You're going to get a lot of like American tourists. Uh, so like you got that and you got the nightlife stuff on the beaches and you got good weather. And then, you know, dating apps aren't as good. So it's better to like meet people in person. So yeah, man, lots going on in Mexico. Awesome, bro. Um, well, yeah, I just wanted to say that I, I really respect what you're doing in terms of uh, the entrepreneurial path that you're on and continuing to, to put out content and uh, running an online business and keeping the train chugging week after week. People don't realize how, how difficult it is. It's a lot. And it's a lot. Yeah. And I, I know, you, um, you know you've, you've dealt with adversity at times. Um, sure. And uh, it, it's sick to see you kind of bounce back and um, I can just tell like there's big things ahead for you. You just have good charisma, good head on your shoulders and, you know, you're constantly um, improving yourself and you're, you have like a self-development mindset and, you know, pretty much sky's the limit. Yeah. That, that's the way I see it. It's like, you're never, you've never like mastered anything. Just keep going, keep learning, keep growing, just become a better person day in, day out and just live a better life. Make yourself just a better human being. Awesome, man. And again, the new program is Day Game Mastery, right? Yep. Daygamemastery.org. Check and the out. new podcast is the Wingman Podcast. The Wingman Podcast. Go check that as well. Oh, and quick question. How did you meet your co-host? Uh, he was my first wingman that I met through an online pickup artist forum in 2013. We've <laughs> There you go. Uh, Matt Levine, right? Is that it? Yep. Super cool dude. Really good guy. Yeah. Seems like a cool dude. And um, yeah, all the best of luck on your podcast. Thank you very much for coming, uh, on my Latin life podcast. Uh, this has definitely been me. an interesting one and, um, yeah, thanks to all the listeners. Out there. Oh yeah. Thanks bro. Much love. Much love. Peace. See you guys.